continuing on in our series called Live in the Dream. And today the title of the message is I'll Do It My Way. Everybody say my way. I'll do it my way. You know, everyone wants to live the dream. Everybody wants to live a fulfilled life. We all want to be happy. We all want to be successful. We want to have successful careers. We want our life to count. We want to make a difference with our life. We want to have great relationships, great friendships, great family connections. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with this kind of dream. There's nothing wrong with that. But where we get into trouble is when we take on the attitude that, hey, I'm going to live the dream and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to live the dream my way. I know what's best for my life, so I'm going to live that dream. I know what's best. I'm going to make my own plans. I'm going to play by my own rules, and I'm going to make the dream happen for my life on my own terms. And what happens is we end up messing up. We end up uh, causing confusion. We end up uh, getting lost in our way. And sometimes we end up destroying the dream that we're trying to live because, because we try to do it our own way. We try to do it my way. You know, over the years, my wife and I, we've, uh, we've, from time to time, we bought a piece of furniture um, from, the, from the store. And, and uh, when we buy that furniture, you look at the floor model and man, the thing looks great. And you're all ready to take it home. And then you go to buy it and you know, it comes in a box and there's like a million pieces inside the box. And, and then we would typically, you know, we'd take that thing home and we'd open up the box and you look at all these pieces on the floor. And, and typically we would do these projects together as a, as a couple. And if you're married today and you want to test your relationship, just go ahead, just try that. You know, do one of these little projects together. It'll test your marriage. And uh, we would do these little projects together, and typically it would, it would happen like this. You know, I, we'd open up the box, and there's instructions, and there's all the pieces, and my wife would say something like, hey, Troy, don't you think we should look at the instructions? And I'm like, okay, guys, you know that real men don't look at instructions. Come on, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And, um, I mean, I hate instruction manuals. In fact, I think the devil himself wrote instruction manuals. I really do. So, you know, we would get into this project. I say, ah, I don't need, baby, I don't need those instructions. And, and we'd start in the project and we're putting all the pieces together and we kind of get, you know, we're kind of, you know, fussing with each other. Oh, that shouldn't that go there? And we get this project and, and it's almost complete. And we think we finished the project and you look down and there's like 13 pieces left over on the ground. And then my wife would do the, I told you so. You know what I'm talking about? You see, we try to do it our way. We try to do it our way, and, and we were talking, I was talking to Jessica yesterday, we were thinking about this filing cabinet. Right after we got married, we bought this filing cabinet, and, and I didn't look at the instructions and put this thing together and got done and, and thought, man, I did this thing perfectly, and, and the drawer was on backwards. You know, the files, you had to come in from below there. It just didn't work. You see, when we try to do it our way, we end up, sometimes we mess things up. We, we get caught up in doing it our way. And, and I want you to know this, that God is the master designer. God is the master designer. He is the dream maker. And, and God has a dream for your life. He has a plan for your life. He has instructions for your life. And he's got this great plan. But what happens is we short circuit God's best for our life when we try to do it our way and we don't listen to his instructions for our life. You see, the key to living the dream is not, I'm going to do it my way. The key to living the dream is, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm not going to try it my way. I'm going to do it God's way. 
If you would look in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, it's in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1. Let me give you a little bit of background here. Uh, basically, Moses was a great leader of the children of Israel, and Moses had died in the wilderness. God had promised the Israelites, God had promised Moses that when they left the captivity of Egypt, that they were going to go into the promised land. It was a, a land of blessing, and the promised land was the dream, man. They were all living the dream. Someday they're going to be in the promised land. Well, Moses was their fearless leader, and Moses died in the wilderness. He never made it to the promised land. So now in Joshua chapter 1, Moses, his understudy, his sidekick Joshua, is now in charge. And Joshua is supposed to pick up where Moses left off and lead the children of Israel. And that's what leads to Joshua chapter 1 in verse 6. Verse 6, if you would look, it says this. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Verse 8, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Verse 9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, there's a powerful principle here. There's a life principle I want you to grab a hold of. This, this principle right here, this is a, a game changer for you and I when it comes to living out the dream that God has for us. And here's this principle. The principle is this, that when we follow God's ways, it leads to God's blessing. When we follow God's ways, it leads to God's blessing. In verse 7, he said, hey, teach them to obey all the instructions. And if they obey all the instructions, then I'm going to bring success to everything they do. In verse 8, he says, man, be sure to obey everything, everything written in it, all the instructions, obey it, and only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. You see, Joshua and the children of Israel, man, they had to follow God's ways if they wanted to experience God's blessings. But maybe you would come here today and you say, "Man, man, I don't want to do that. Man, I want to do it my way. Man, I have a dream for my life and I want to, I want to do it my way. I don't need to obey God. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to make this thing happen all on my own. And, and you know what? I may go to church every once in a while and, and I, I may learn a few things, but man, God asked, you know, the church asked too much. God asked too much of me and I, I just don't want to do certain things and I'm just going to do it my way. I'm going to do it on my own terms and it's going to be all right. I'm just going to do it my, my way. Let me tell you today. You can live a dream that way, but you can't live the dream that way. You see, there's a difference between living a dream and living the dream because God has the dream for your life. And I want you to know that God's dream is so much bigger and so much better than any kind of dream that we can have for our lives. God's dream is amazing. And God wants to bless you. He wants to see you successful, but we have to follow God's ways. When we're living the dream, we have to follow God's ways. Here this morning, I want to give you four insights, four insights about following 
God's ways. Four insights. Number one is this. God's ways may not always make sense. God's ways may not always make sense. The children of Israel right here, Joshua, he, he gets his first test. You know, he's leading the Israelites and, and he's kind of built up, you know, he's pumped up, he's ready to go. And in Joshua chapter three, they come to the first test. They come to the Jordan River and it said it was at flood stage. And they come to the Jordan River and they have to cross this river if they're going to live the dream. They have to get on the other side of this river. So God offers his solution to the problem. God gives his advice. And look in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 13. Here's what God says. God says this, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord. It represented the presence of God. The, cre- the priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water... As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Now, I don't know about you, but that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I'd be like, what? the water's going to do what? It's going to do, it's going to stand up. You know, remember it's flood stage. The water is going to stand up like a wall upstream. If we, if we step into the water, you're going to stop this water. And, and I know some of you may be thinking, well, they, they remember the Red Sea and some of them when Moses went across in the Red Sea. And, and I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been thinking, yeah, I saw the Red Sea and that was cool for one time. But can God really do that twice? I mean, come on. And it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. God gives them instruction and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Here's a, here's a, they come to another test. They come to the city of Jericho in in Joshua chapter 6. Turn over to Joshua chapter 6. They come to the city of Jericho, and Jericho stood in front of them realizing their dream. They had to defeat Jericho. Jericho had big walls all around the city. And and Joshua and the children of Israel come to the city, and it's like, oh, great, what are we going to do? Man, these huge walls. And God says, hey, i I got a solution for you. Look in verse 2 of Joshua chapter 6. He says, it says this, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all of its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each of them carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing their horns. Now look at this in verse five. When you hear the priests giving one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the wall, will, the wall of the town will collapse and all of the people will charge straight into the town. Now, I know about you, but that doesn't make sense to me. You mean, we're going to walk around the town every, you know, once a day for six days and, and carrying the ark. And then, you know, on the seventh day, we're walking around seven times and these guys are going to be blowing these horns. And, and then all of a sudden we're just going to shout. We're just going to let out a shout, and these walls are just, I mean, that doesn't make sense. I don't know about, man, I've been thinking, where's Jack Bauer? When, when, you know, I need, I need to, you know, to blow something up right now. You know, God, can't you just, like, call fire, like, you know, blow these walls up? I mean, God's ways, they don't always make sense to you and I. You know, today, maybe you've come to this place, and maybe you've been hurt by somebody. Somebody's done something to you or maybe to a family member and you, you've been hurt deeply and you have a dream of, of maybe getting revenge or, or a dream of at least that person apologizing and making things right and, 
and, and, and your dream, you, you want to take it upon yourself. You want to do it your way. And maybe you want to, you want to confront that person. You want to deal with that situation. And, and maybe God, God's speaking to your heart and says, Hey, I don't want you to do it your way. I want you to do it my way. And God would say, I want you to forgive that person. God, you want me to do what? You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad it hurts. You want me to, you want me to forgive this person? God says, yes, do it my way. I want you to forgive that person. Doesn't make sense. Maybe you're single today and you're, you, you have a dream to, to be married someday. You have a dream for physical intimacy and emotional intimacy. And, and, and really, you're, you're wanting to take it upon yourself to make it happen. And, and you think, man, if this is going to happen, I have to get out there. I have to get to know people. And, and maybe you're tempted to, you, to give yourself away emotionally. And, and maybe even physically, you're giving yourself away to others because you're trying to, you're trying to live this kind of dream. And God says, hey, don't live the dream you're way. Don't do it your way. Do it my way. Here's my, here's my plan for you. Stay pure, stay pure until marriage, stay pure until marriage. And then, and then you're going to live a fulfilled life. I'm going to bring somebody into your life, but I want you to do it my way, not your way. You know, maybe today you've, you've come and you want that, you want the promotion at work. And you've been passed over by, for the promotion. Other people have gotten promoted and you don't understand why. And, and you're willing to say, man, I'm, I'm going to do anything I, I can do to, to get this promotion. I'm going to do it my way. And maybe, maybe you're tempted to, to lie. Maybe you're tempted to try to manipulate the situation so that you can get this promotion. And after all, everybody else has done it. And it's worked for them. And, and I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to make things happen, even if it means losing my integrity. And God would say, hey, don't do it your way. I want you to do it my way. I want you to do it my way. I want you to live with integrity. I want you to work hard, have integrity. Let me take care of the promotion. You see, God's way, sometimes God's ways don't always make sense to us and what we want to do. God's ways may not always make sense. Number two, this morning, I want to give you a second insight about following God's ways. God's ways can always be trusted. God's ways can always be trusted. You see, Joshua and the children of Israel, they had to come to this place, even, even though it didn't really make sense. In the natural, it's like, oh, you're going to stop the water upstream, and oh, we're going to shout, and these walls are going to come down. It didn't make sense in the natural, but Joshua, they had to come to this place where they completely trusted God's ways, God's instruction. They had to come to a place of obedience. You see, obedience is really just trust lived out every day of our life. That's what obedience is. It's just trust lived out every day of our life. When we come to that place, we say, you know what, God, you know best. I'm going to trust you. You know what's best for my life. You know what's best for my family. You know what's best for my finances. You know what, what's best for my situation. And I'm going to trust your ways. Look at Psalms 19 and verse 8. It says this, the Lord's instruction is right. Is that not awesome? God's instruction, it's just Right? It's just right. It, it makes our hearts glad. His commands, they shine brightly and they, they give us light. You know, as a parent, I have, uh, Jessica and I, we have three children. And as a parent, man, I give my kids instruction. And it's not to make their life miserable. It's to protect them. You know what I'm talking about. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Man, I remember when my kids were real little, man, it's like, man, don't run out into the street. 
Well, running into the street is a fun thing, but, but I, I wanted to protect them and don't run in the street. I don't want you to get hit by a car. You see, I, I give instructions to my kids to protect them, not to make their lives miserable. When I was a, a little boy, I was uh, about three years old and my parents were actually missionaries in Togo, West Africa. And we lived there for about two years. And, and, uh, I was about three years old at the time. And, and, uh, my parents had told me, said, Hey, Troy, don't jump on your bed. Now, you know, I'm thinking to myself, how could something that is so fun be so wrong? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, how could something, you know, did they just want to make my life miserable? And they said, Troy, don't jump on your bed. Guess what I did? I jumped on my bed and I kept jumping, man. I'm having a great old time. I'm jumping on my bed. I'm feeling free as a bird and I'm just jumping on my bed until eventually I fell off the bed and I landed, my chin hit the dresser edge and it busted my chin wide open. I have a scar right underneath my chin. Not only did it do that, but I bit down on my tongue and my tongue just like was cut wide open it laid open there. And here I am a three-year-old boy. My parents take me, you know, and we're trying to find some medical care. It's, it's in the late seventies and there's not incredible medical care. And at that time, so, so what we found was a, a Peace Corps doctor, a Peace Corps doctor came, he looked at me and, and this Peace Corps doctor took, took a needle. He sewed up my tongue without any Novocaine, without anything to numb my tongue. He sewed it up. This explains my unusually high pain tolerance I have today. It's just amazing. That's a joke, all right? He sewed on my tongue. Now, now should I, as a three-year-old, should I have trusted my parents? Duh. Yeah, right? Man, I should have tried. They weren't trying to make my life miserable. They were trying to protect me, but I had to take things into my own hands and I had to live my own way. You see, God's ways may not always make sense to us. God's ways may not always make sense to us, but you can trust God's ways. Some of you need to hear this today. God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. God doesn't just want to, he doesn't want to make your life miserable. God's not mad at you. He doesn't want to make your life miserable. He wants to bless you. He wants you to live the dream that he has for your life. And you can know today that you can trust God's ways. You can trust him today. Maybe God's speaking to you about breaking off a relationship. You can trust him today. You can trust him. Maybe God's speaking to you about giving up a bad habit and, and maybe this bad habit, man, it's kind of held you back for years and, and God's speaking to your heart and you just don't want to do it. And I want you to know, listen, you can trust God today. Maybe God's speaking to you about plugging in, man, getting involved in ministry here at People's Church and it doesn't make sense to you because your schedule is so full and, but God's speaking to you and, and, and I just want you to know you can trust God today. His instruction, you can always trust God. His instruction is good for you and I. Here's the third, the third insight about following God's ways is this. God's ways, when followed, release God's power in our lives. God's ways, when followed, release God's power in our lives. And I don't want to take time to read both these scriptures, but if you look back to Joshua 1, 7 and 1, 8, God spoke very clearly to them, said, hey, if you obey if you follow me, if you obey, then I'm going to give you success in whatever you do. Man, is that not amazing? How many of you want, you just want success in whatever you do? 
And God is very clear. He says, hey, if you obey, if you obey, you see God's blessing upon Joshua was totally contingent upon their obedience to his instruction. God's blessing was contingent upon their obedience. And you see, the children of Israel, man, they came to the place, they obeyed God, and God brought about success. Man, they came to the Jordan River, and guess what? The Jordan River did stop. They walked through on dry ground. They came to Jericho. They obeyed God. The walls began to fall. You see, when we follow God's ways, it releases God's power. But you see, what we try to do is sometimes we try to make the dream happen by our own ways. We try, we try to make things happen and, and we have, we have all the plans in place. You know, we, we, we come to our dream and we're like, man, I'm going to, man, I'm living the dream. I'm excited, man. This dream, it's an incredible dream and I'm going to live this dream. And, and man, you know, we, we have everything in place. We think we, we've thought of everything. We have the right materials and, and man, we got the right tools. You know, we're ready. We're ready to live the dream. We're ready to make things happen. And we'll even, you know, we'll, we'll get ready here and we, you know, we'll, we'll kind of measure out everything. We've got the plans and, and we measure everything out to make sure it's all, it's all going to work out and, and, and everything's going to take place like we want it to. We want to, we're building the dream. We're, we're making it happen on our own. And then we're, we're so excited and we get down to it and we get ready to build the dream and we, and we go forward and guess what? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And what happens is we get frustrated what happens is people sometimes will want to give up on the dream because there's, they go to build the dream and there's no power in their life. Maybe some of you today, maybe, maybe you're excited about the dream. You think you got the dream for your life, but, but there's no power. You go to build the dream and you're not seeing anything happen and, and you feel like you're going to give up and, and you, there's no power for your life. And then you realize, you realize something, man, you're not plugged into any kind of power source. Man, you have no power. Everything else is right, but you have no power to make the dream happen. I want to ask you this question. Are you following God's instructions? Are you following his ways in your life? Are you trying to build the dream on your own? Or are you coming to the place where you say, God, yes, you've given me this dream and I'm not going to make it happen on my own. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to follow your instructions. And you see, when you follow God's instructions, it's, it's like, you know, we, we plug into that power source when we follow God's instructions. Everybody listen to me real good. When we obey God, we plug into his power source for our lives. Because then what happens is then, you know, we have the power and then we go to build the dream. And guess what? There's power in our life to build the dream. How about that? Power tools in church. Come on now. That's awesome. Because we have power in our life. Because we've plugged in. We're going to do it God's way. We plugged in to his power source for our life. Everybody listen real good. When we obey God in the natural, it gives him opportunity to show up in the supernatural and to demonstrate his power in our lives. Man, I I don't know about you, but I'd much rather tap into his power than my power. Man, my power is so limited. My power, I mean, I can't, man, I can't do it on my own. I would much rather tap into the unlimited supernatural power of God to live the dream. And that happens when we obey him and we follow his ways for our lives. Some of you today, you, you've come to that place and you, God's saying, hey, I know you've been hurt, but I need you to forgive that person. 
I need you to forgive that person. I need you to make this natural decision to forgive that person. Say, God, I don't want to do that, man. I I just don't want to do that. I I want to do it myself. I want to do it my way. And God says, no, make this decision. I want you in the natural, make a decision to forgive that person. And guess what? When we're obedient and we forgive that person in the natural, it gives opportunity for the supernatural power of God to show up in our lives and to bring healing to our lives because we've made that decision and we've obeyed. For some of you, maybe God's been speaking to you about having a prayer time with your family. Maybe, maybe you're, you're a parent and, and God's been dealing with you about having a devotional time and reading the Bible with your kids and teaching your kids about the Lord and, and you've been kind of fighting this thing. But, but when you come to that place and you say, okay, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to make a natural decision to obey you. Guess what? The supernatural power of God can show up in your life and can show up in your family and it gives him the opportunity to work in your family situation. Maybe some of you, God's been speaking to you about putting God first in your finances. You say, you know what? It just doesn't make sense, man. I, I, I do the budget. I can't figure it out. Where's it going to come from? How am I going to put God first? And, and God would say this. He would say, hey, if you make a natural decision to put me first in your finances, it gives me, it gives God a, an opportunity for his supernatural power to show up in your life so that he can show up in your finances and bless you. You see, when we obey God, it gives opportunity for the power of God to be demonstrated in our lives. Maybe some of you today, you're saying, well, God hasn't spoken to me. God's not speaking to me. That's nice, Troy, but God's not speaking to me. And I would say this, God is speaking to you. In fact, if you pick up the Bible and you read the Bible, God is speaking to you through the word of God. And and God is speaking to you into, into your heart, into your mind. And and, and really the issue is what's holding so many people back from living the dream is not, is not that God's not speaking to them, but perhaps what's holding us back is that we're not obeying what God is saying to our hearts and to our lives. You see, when we obey God, when we follow his ways, God shows up in our lives. Number four, here's a fourth insight today. Number four is this, God's ways are followed one step at a time. God's ways are followed one step at a time. You know, when Joshua and the children of Israel, when they came to the Jordan River, God told them what to do. He said, hey, have the priests step into the river. Guess what they had to do? Before the water would stop and form a wall, guess what they had to do? They They had to actually step into that river. Those priests had to take that step. You say, well, I, I, want, I want God to show up before I take the step. It, it doesn't work that way. We take the step. We take the step of obedience, and then God shows up. They had to take the step. You see, when they came to the city of Jericho, the, they had a decision to make. Were they going to obey God? And, and guess what? They had to do this. They had to take a step. And then they had to take another step. And then they had to take another step. And for six days, they had to walk around this wall. And on, on the seventh day, they had to walk around seven times. You see, they had to take a step of obedience before God showed up in their situation. I want to ask you a question here today. What's your next step today? What's your next step today? What is God speaking to you? You say, man, Troy, I want to live this dream, man. I want to live a blessed life. I want my family to be blessed. I want to, I want to live under God's blessing in my life. What's God speaking to you? What is your next step that you need to take today? Maybe for some of you, it's to be baptized in water. Water baptism is such an important next step in our relationship with God. 
You see, water baptism is simply an act of obedience. The word of God says in Acts 2.38, repent and then be baptized. You see, when we come to that place and we give our lives to Christ, we put our faith and our trust in him, and, and he comes into our heart, he forgives us our next step, we, we, we take a step and we are baptized in water. We're baptized in water. It's a step of obedience. You know, Jesus himself was baptized in water. Jesus himself became obedient to that. He came down and he was baptized in water. You see, when we are baptized in water, we are following Christ's example. And here's the beautiful thing about water baptism. There's so much symbolism involved. Water baptism and and that water, what it symbolizes is, is like the tomb. When Jesus Christ was buried into that tomb and he was put into that tomb and on the third day he rose from the tomb with resurrection power and it's symbolic for you and I when we're baptized in water, when we go down into that water, it's like, man, we're going down into this tomb. We're going down into this grave. And when we step up out of the grave, it's symbolic of, yes, now my life is different. Man, there's resurrection power. I'm gonna live for Christ. You see, today, I want you to know this. Water baptism doesn't save you. You're saved by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. But water baptism is an important next step of obedience. Here's what I want you to do. In your seat pocket in front of you, there's a card. This is so important. Everybody, if you have not been baptized in water, if God's speaking to you about water baptism, go ahead and grab this card right now. It says baptismal bash sign up. If you go, go ahead and take this card and, and begin to fill this out and make sure, make sure you do this. Make sure at the bottom you, you circle which experience you're going to attend to be baptized in. And next Sunday, August 15th, we have our baptismal bash here. And in all three experiences, we are going to be baptizing people here at People's Church. So if you would do this, fill this card out, fill this card out. And this week, in just a few moments when we dismiss, you're going to give it to the usher on on your way out. This week, you're going to get a phone call. You'll get a reminder. They'll tell you what time to be here. But this is such an important next step. You say, well, man, who should be baptized? Maybe you don't know if you should be baptized or not. Here it is. Every single person who has put their faith in Jesus Christ needs to be baptized in water. Every person. Maybe today, maybe you haven't done that yet. Today, you can give your life to Christ and next week you can be baptized in water. Maybe some of you say, well, man, I was, I was baptized as a baby. Isn't that good enough? And, and I, don't want, I don't want to take a lot away from that, but maybe a special moment for your family. But, but listen, as I read the scripture, water baptism, is, it takes place once you've received Christ. It's subsequent to salvation. Once you've given your heart to Christ, you make the decision to be baptized. If you were baptized as a baby, chances are that was more for mom and dad than it was for for you as a baby. You didn't know what was going on, you know, when you were baptized as a baby. I encourage you to to be baptized. Maybe you were baptized as a, maybe an eight, nine, ten-year-old, or maybe a teenager, and you were just kind of forced into it. You know, somebody kind of pinched your ear and drug you to baptism, and it didn't mean a lot to you. But since then, you've, you've given your heart to Christ. I would encourage you today, if that's you, Make the decision to be baptized in water. So go ahead and fill out this card. Man, it's going to be awesome. Next week here at People, man, we're believing hundreds of people are going to be baptized in water. They're going to take their next step in Christ. They're going to be baptized in water next week here at People's Church. And and I want to encourage you to fill out the card. That's awesome. What's your next step? 
Maybe for some of you today, maybe God's been speaking to you about dealing with a, a habit in your life. Maybe it's a sin in your life that you've, you, you just can't, God's been speaking to you, you're having a tough time dealing with it, and it's holding you back from living the dream. Today, take that next step. Get rid of that sin in your life. Maybe you need to break off a relationship. God's been speaking to you. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe for some of you today, you need to make a commitment to read your Bible every day. You need to make a commitment to, to pray and to develop your relationship with God. And, and today, maybe that's your next step to say, yes, God, I'm going to do that. You know, for some in this room, maybe your next step is to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never done that before. You've never put your faith and your trust in him. Today is your day. What is your next step? You see, God's dream, God's dream for your life is so much bigger than your dream for your life. And I challenge you to live the dream, live God's dream for your life. And to do that, we need to follow his ways. His ways may not always make sense, but you can trust them. And when we follow his ways, it, he releases power to, to, to bless us, to work in our lives. And, and his ways are followed one step at a time. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts.